What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second mini episode, our second spin cycle. We just can't stop giggling about that one, um, where we're going to answer a listener question and also give an update on the parenting on the same page episode, um, because the question really pertains well to that episode. So uh, this question is from Katie. And Dina, do you want to read it? Sure. How do you plan this stuff with your spouse? That's what she wants to know. So if you're going to implement a change around your parenting style or maybe make a course correction or even say start something. Maybe you haven't been doing something and you want to start doing it. And we talked about in an entire episode parenting on the same page. But when you're introducing stuff, that is a little bit nuanced. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that it, it really is going to come down to how well you communicate, uh, which is tricky because not all couples communicate very eff- effectively true. or efficiently. So that, that can be tricky. Um, but to my mind, it really is just about having that open conversation and also talking about the impact on each other when whatever this thing is isn't working. Um, so I mentioned in the Parenting on the Same Page uh, episode that sometimes Dave will be like, that's it, no TV for the whole day. And then I'm left kind of having to implement that. And so when we have talked about that in the past, it's often been about, you know, when you lay that down, I have to implement it. And the impact on me is really challenging um, because you have to remember most couples, hopefully, it, they love each other, right? They yes. don't want to harm or hurt each other. They want to make sure that they're helping their partner out. So I think looking at communicating it around what is the current impact of the current situation? What would be the impact in a positive way of making that change? And how can you do it in a way where everyone's comfortable? Which is kind of like when I talked about my husband and I with safety, you yes. know, like finding that the least comfortable person wins, wins, right? Because it, everyone has to be okay, and so if he's more nervous about something than I am, I have to cater to that. Otherwise, he's going to be uncomfortable, right? Um, so looking at you know where is that common ground around this topic, and and uh, you know family meetings I think are huge. We have them. Dave and I have a one to one. He calls it a one to one because he works in the real world. <laughs> yes, that's a corporate uh, yeah term. <laughs> He's a manager, so he has one to ones all the time. So we have a one to one on Sunday nights where we look at the week, what's going on this week. Throughout the week, if stuff comes up, we'll put it on the one to one list so that if we forget, it's there. And then when we sit down on Sundays, we're looking at what are the things we want to talk about. So I would encourage Katie to have an ongoing list and then having an opportunity to sit down and troubleshoot. Like mm-hmm. that time is set aside to problem solve. So you've, you've sort of intentionally set it up with the expectation that you're going to talk about something that needs to change and you're going to figure out how to change it. Right. And the other nice thing about that is then if you can get it on a set schedule, you know, hey, I'm going to have an opportunity to address this and you don't let something simmer for a long time because that's never recommended either. Right. Or do what I tend to do, which is I have to solve this right now. Right. And Dave's like in the middle of something and really can't have that conversation. So this is how one to ones came to be in our household was like I would have an idea and I would need to talk about it right now. And that didn't always work for him. So this idea of like, well, let's put it on the list and we will get to it. It's just like when we talk about with kids, right, with their feelings, when we talk about uh, the feelings box that like, I want to hear it. I want to process it. I want to talk about it. I just can't do it right now. So having that set time that's designed to do exactly that and only that. Well, and then whichever person in the couple is more of the, I really need to solve it, they at least know solutions coming. And the person who is more like, I can't address that right now. 
can feel like they're not getting accosted with it at a time that's not going to work or where they can't give it their full attention, which is even worse because I'm similar to you. And if I'm pushing to get something resolved, but Scott can't give it its full attention, that's not going to go well. No. But I think it's a great question that Katie asks because it is important to chat about those things. And this can't always happen. Sometimes you're going to talk about, hey, here's something we're doing. We'd kind of like to change it. It's not working. But Another thing that can be really helpful on this is just kind of an addendum to the parenting on the same page is when you see something coming down the pipeline, make a time to talk about that. When we were about to have our first driver, we had a sit down and said, how are we handling driving? What are our rules going to be around that? What? How are we going to handle a car or insurance? Will we pay for gas? Will they pay for gas? We saw something coming and wanted to get ready for it and lay out the policy. So then when the subsequent kids start driving, it's just, well, this is already the way we do it. Right. You're not left the plan. You implement the plan. I love that. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's also it comes back to that team analogy. Even if you have a stay at home parent, both parents need to be comfortable with the choices that are being made in the home. Now, we have to take into account who's having to deal with the impact of those choices. So if you have a stay-at-home parent, they do have some say in, I can't do it that way because I'm the one who has to implement that. So let's say we have a couple where one is more of a disciplinarian than the other or one wants more discipline in the home. If they aren't the stay-at-home parent, it's going to be really hard to expect their partner to do it their way when they're not there to do it. So you have to look at what is a reasonable expectation of the person who stay at home. If you have two working parents or a part-time working parent, then it's a little more even in terms of who's hands-on with the kiddo. Um, And so you can maybe find a more common ground, but everyone has to be sensitive to the level of involvement they actually have with their kids, the impact it has on them, but then also on the team as a whole. That is so true. We have a dynamic that's interesting because we both work full-time, but my husband works from home. Mm-hmm. And we have one child in online school at home. So he does, in that sense, have actually more hands-on time, so to speak, because he's around and there's a child that's a- around. And those are important things to think through. Who's really going to be dealing with whatever you decide? Who has to do it? Yeah. Where does the buck stop, right? Mm-hmm. And having reasonable expectations around that. But then also I would say, so let's take a situation. Let's talk about discipline briefly. Let's say that we have a couple. One expects more discipline than the other, but both maybe agree that the current setup's not working. Then it does fall to that stay-at-home parent that maybe isn't as much of a disciplinarian to work on those skills, right? We actually have to be responsible for, I may not be very good at that. I'm going to need to learn how Mm -hmm. to do that better because it's important to the team and to the family dynamic. I couldn't agree more. There absolutely has to be a willingness to step up in certain areas if both parties agree, hey, this is lacking and here's a person who can make a difference. Maybe this member of the couple is around more. They might have to step up their game. And I wanted to just make a blended family note on Mm. this too because I agree with what you said that both parents should be comfortable. That doesn't always get to happen in a blend. Sure. And And that can be okay. It's just that we've got to have at least the biological parent comfortable with how they're handling their people and not having a step-parent come in and usurp that and change things. They do need to be able to be comfortable to continue down the trail because often they may have been parenting maybe for a decade even before this other parent was on the scene. And so I've had to grow 
And I use that word intentionally because it's not even where I would say I've arrived yet. I've had to grow in my ability to be a little bit uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. a parenting choice that maybe I don't love or something like that. Mm -hmm. And yet I would say still the goal is both parents are comfortable. Whenever Scott and I can get there, we do. But I just want to state that reality. If you're out there in a step family, you might be uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. And also I love your choice of the word grow because – One of the things I say to my kids all the time is that growth is uncomfortable. Like, think about physical growing pains. They hurt, right? They do. Our growth opportunities, my friend calls them FGOs. I won't say what the F stands for, but y'all know. Y'all know what the F stands for. Um, So they're F growth opportunities. Um, And it's true. Growing is uncomfortable. And so in those times where maybe you've sat down, you've realized, okay, whatever's been happening isn't working. It's going to require one of the parents to step outside their comfort zone in order to fix it. That's going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to hurt. But the great thing is on the other side, you're taller, you're stronger, right? Like that growth leads to such beautiful things. So being willing to sit in the discomfort of the growth as it's happening for the sake of future focus, see how I got that in there, of the future focused goal of we're going to achieve this change within our family is worth it. Yes. It's, again, about looking at the long term. And so you might have to sit in the yuck for a little bit, but it's it's for that that future goal that you're trying to attain. And the great thing is, even in a step family, I can say that we are after the same goal. We just might choose sometimes different ways to get there that make one or the other party not, right. not thrilled. Same same whys, maybe different hows. Absolutely. And I also would say to Katie, and I don't know their situation, but if she has a husband that maybe is resistant to change or isn't kind of parenting with her on the same page, I would say that focusing on that goal, sitting down and maybe starting with Okay, what's our goal? What do we want to change? Because he's probably going to agree that whatever it is isn't working. Mm -hmm. So what's the goal? And then keep coming back to is the behavior, are the choices that we're making taking us closer to that goal? So if if he does something or she does something that's kind of out of alignment with that, to check in and go, hey, do you think that's taking us closer to our goal? Or maybe even a little further away. We might need to look at that if it's making you take a step back. Right, exactly. Exactly. So if you have a listener question, we totally want to hear from you. We're really digging these spin cycle mini episodes. So if you have a question or you have an uh, episode topic that you're interested in, you can email us info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Thank you so much for listening. We've got a new episode that's going to be dropping soon. Until then, as always, for more information, you can go to RaisingAdultsPodcast.com or our bigger brand, which has a lot more information on Dina and I and the work that we do, FutureFocusParenting.com. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by the Seattle band, Hannah Lee. If you like what you hear, you know what I'm going to say. Please give us those five-star ratings those great reviews. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is at Raising Adults Podcast. Tell your friends, tell your Starbucks barista. If you like what you're hearing, those are the things that will help us bring you more of it. Thanks so much for listening.